by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. What if I was just to start off today and speak a scripture over you, pray a scripture over you? Like say Ephesians chapter 6, Verses 13 through 18 in the King James Version. Because that's the way I memorized it. <laughs> I was one of those King James babies. I got saved and that's, that's what I learned first. Now, you know, we, we typically use the New Living Translation sometimes. But I love the King James. It's, it's powerful. What if I was to say, well, I take unto us the whole armor of God. To me, to my family, to my church family, to my loved ones. We take on to us the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand in the evil day. You feel like it's kind of getting evil out there? It says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having your loins girt about with the truth. Having on your breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Somebody may say, what is all that stuff? That's King James language. <laughs> you know what truth is, right? Righteousness is what Jesus gave us. He traded his righteousness for our unrighteousness. And now because of our relationship with him, we're right with God. That's all that means. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Well, that simply means that you got purpose in your shoes. You got a gospel to preach to this world. And your life counts. And above all, take in the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quit. Say shall. How many of you having problems in your mind right now? Come on now. In this world we're living in? You shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. All of them. And taking the helmet of salvation. That's that knowing that, hey, God's got me. I'm saved. I'm t I have eternal life inside of me, not just some temporary. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying. Say Praying. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You know what that means? I'm not just going to pray in my understanding, but I'm going to let the Holy Spirit pray too. I'm going to pray in the Spirit. And I'm not just going to pray for myself, but I'm going to pray for you. We're going to bring this to pass. So if one day I get up and I forget to, to pray out Ephesians chapter 6 and help you put on your armor, maybe you could help me put on mine. But some of you are saying, well, I don't, that don't make no sense to me. Is that really doing anything? Just to throw that up there? It's just words hitting the ceiling. Is that going anywhere? We can't see anything happening. Well, a lot of carnal Christians feel that way. You know, little baby Christians and Christians that chose to stay babies <laughs> and never grew in the spiritual things. The world doesn't understand that. What does praying do? You know, it's just 
That's just wasted words. You know, when I was in junior high, I signed up for uh, a welding class in shop. And I remember that first day, that teacher just taught and taught about what would happen if we didn't put our welding helmet on. How we could lose our vision, that, that arc of that, when you're welding, will, will burn your eyes. And you could actually go so far as to lose your vision. He made that abundantly clear. Well, the first time I flipped the lid down on that helmet, I tried to see, and that glass was so dark, I couldn't see anything. Anybody ever put one of those helmets on? You can't see anything. And I said, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I, I was not fixing to strike that arc. I was not fixing to use that thing. I was scared of in the first place, and I wasn't going to do it if I couldn't see. I might weld my knuckles together or something, you know? So I quit the class. But there were some of my friends, they got past that initial fear, and they, they did their best to learn, and they realized that once you struck that arc, the light off of that was enough that you could see. But I never got to that point. But over, over the semester, you know, they got braver and braver, and they forgot what that teacher had said in the beginning. And some of them, especially my friend named Britt, one afternoon, he just thought he knew more than the teacher. And he lifted up that lid on his helmet. And he welded all afternoon just looking at it with his eyes. Because he's like, this ain't doing nothing. I can't see anything happening. There's not any sparks flying in my eyes. There's no heat. How could this, how could this make a difference? Same way we think about prayer, right? How could this make a difference? I don't see anything happening. I want you to know that boy came home that afternoon. They had to let him go early from school. His face swole up. His eyes were puffed like he'd been hit by Mike, Mike Tyson. And his, his eyes themselves were burned, and he almost lost his vision. Because you can't see something, does that make it not real? That's what we're going to talk about today. You see, the Apostle Paul says about spiritual matters, about the things of the unseen world. You, you understand we live in a natural, but there's a spiritual world. He says about those things that we just see through a glass darkly. We better have our helmet down to even try, you know. <laughs> we just see through a glass darkly. That's the King James in the uh, New Living Translation. It says it in 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflection in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. It says, you know, when we go on to be with the Lord, uh, this mortal body will put on immortality. We will be spiritual beings. God is a spirit. And we already are a spirit, but our spirit is inside this earth suit, and we're in this natural realm, right? But one day we will see clearly into the things of the spirit. But now it's kind of hard. And a lot of us don't want to put our helmet down, and we give up. We don't seek spiritual gifts. We don't seek spiritual things. We can't see it. I don't want to fool with it. That's the way I was in welding class, right? But it's important that we flip the lid down on our spiritual goggles. And that's the title of today's message, Spiritual Goggles. Because when we see into the things of the Spirit, we mixed with faith, we're able to bring the promises of God, which are spiritual promises, into our physical realm. 
And people say, well, what? I see the promises of God, but they ain't in my life. Well, the promises of God are activated by faith. Until you see it, you can't be it. You have to get a mental uh, image in your heart. Things of God begin in the heart, you understand. You got to get a vision of God's word and you got to trust him. And then they begin to manifest. Then we begin to see the power of God in our lives. Does that make sense to anybody? You know, it's 2022 now and as a church, we always have goals for the new year. And I haven't revealed all our goals yet, but I'm going to tell you the top goal on our list for this year. It's a spiritual goal. It's a, it's a goal that we achieve by faith. It's not something that we can just set our hand to the plow and make happen. But it's the three Ps. I call them the three Ps, uh, not because I'm talking about black-eyed peas and ham hocks or something, you know, like you, we're not... <laughs> It's not superstition. The three P's are God's presence, God's power, and God's people. That's what we we are craving this year. That, if we have that, we're going to be just fine. And I can tell you I felt God's. I was surprised at all the people who came out in the rain. We have God's people here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You warriors, you. And I'm telling you, I can feel God's presence even now. I haven't felt God's presence that strongly during a praise and worship set in quite some time. And where the God's presence is and God's people are, there God's power is. So you better turn on put down that spiritual goggles and get ready to receive what God has for you today. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not just throwing words up at the ceiling because that is what I've been praying all week. And see, what you believe for, you get. What you believe, you receive. And what I want to do is I want to create a hunger spiritually in each one of you to believe that with me. You know what? We're not going to grow this church because of great preaching, obviously, right? I mean, we got good music, but that's not enough. And even your smiling faces and, and loving on people when they come in, that's great. Those are things that we have to have and we love to have. But what really grows a true church is God's presence. You come here today. I, I believe most of you came here today because you know where God's presence is going to be here to meet you when you get here. This is a place God's presence is. And this year, we're going to put that together with God's power. And how are we going to do that? We can't, we can't make things happen. I can't answer your prayers. But when we put down those spiritual goggles and we begin by faith to pull those promises of that power into our church. And these three Ps will work in your life too, not just in the church. Carry his presence. Know ye not that your temples of the living God. When you go into your office and your schools and your Kmarts, do they have Kmarts anymore? I'm old school. Some of y'all still shopping at the blue light special, right? That's where you get your black eyed peas and hog jobs. <laughs> no, really. 
Carry God's presence where you go. Expect God's power. And yes, you need people in your life. There's the vertical relationship we have with God, but we need each other. And God has made that abundantly clear in his word. So those three Ps were what you need in your life, and there's definitely what we want in this church this year. Will you believe for that first goal with me? It's time. How many think it's time? It is time right now. In Acts chapter 12, we see the story of, of old Peter. Now, this is after Jesus is resurrected, and he went back to heaven, and, and they're building the early church. And Peter's been out doing God's work. He's been preaching the gospel, and guess what it got him? Arrested. <laughs> it's true. He got arrested for doing God's work. And not only that, they had just beheaded his friend and fellow disciple, James, a little bit earlier. And when they did, the government, the Romans beheaded James. All the Jews were excited about it and happy. And so they said, well, let's get Peter and let's kill him too. We want to make the people happy. And so they arrested Peter and they were going to wait till after the Passover to behead him. And on the, on the night before they were going to kill him, they had him chained between two guards. And they had a whole regiment of guards. They must have thought that, that Peter's God had power. And that they could overcome it by numbers and chains. How many know numbers and chains can't stop God's power? It says the church was praying fervently. They weren't just, oh, Lord, if you get a chance, let old Peter out. You know, he be good to my friend Peter. Just throwing up this little prayer. James says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual, that means you're believing God for what he said you can have. And fervent means, yes, there may be some tears with this prayer. You're coming from a place of desire. And that matters to God. So the effectual, fervent prayers were going up for Peter. And old Peter on the night before he's to be executed, is sleeping with chains on between two guards. Not a, doesn't sound very comfortable. Doesn't sound like my silly posture, Peter. Does it yours? He's in jail, probably sleeping on a cold concrete floor. But the, the fact that he's sleeping, could you sleep the night before you were to beheaded, be beheaded? Peter is at peace. He's walked with Jesus long enough that, man, I, I lay me down and get me some good sleep at night. I know in whom I have believed. And so Peter, he's, he's cool. <clears throat> he ain't even worried. In fact, it says then that suddenly, say suddenly. God is a God of suddenlies. And suddenly there was a light in the jail. It doesn't say how big it was. It might have just been a flashlight big enough for Peter to get his shoes on. I don't know. But there was an angel and the angel had to tap on Peter, Peter, to wake him up. He was in dead sleep. Peter gets, a, okay. He says, put your shoes on. His, his shackles had already fallen off. Say suddenly. suddenly. And so he puts his shoes on. He gets his pants on, whatever. And the angel says, come on, follow me. Well, Peter's following the angel. And they go through this big metal gate and they go through the guards and everything and nobody stops them and the gate swings open without anybody even touching it. That's before they had electric gates, you know. This was supernatural. 
And the whole time, Peter's like, man, this is an awesome dream, dude. I'm going to tell everybody about this when I wake up in the morning. He's thinking he's seeing a vision. Sometimes God's power, when it finally comes, you don't even recognize it is so wonderful. You think you're dreaming. And he gets out on the street, and suddenly the angel disappears, and Peter pinches himself. I guess, are you kidding? Did this really just happen? He didn't even believe it. And the people who were praying at the church, Peter knocked on the door, and, and the, the girl heard his voice and went and told everybody, Peter's at the door. They said, no, you're just dreaming. They couldn't believe their prayers were answered. I think you're supposed to have faith that your prayers are going to be answered when, you, when they're answered and not be surprised. But you know us. But God gave them a suddenly, and God can break off your chains suddenly. What is the chains that are holding you right now? We've all got them. Something is holding us back, something holding us down, something is just too heavy on us, something is broken in us, something needs to be fixed. And I'm believing this is going to be our year for suddenlies. God is going to do a suddenly, and you are not even going to believe it. You're going to think you're dreaming. And then there's the story of Gideon. I mean, remembers Gideon. God chooses the least likely to do the most unlikely. I'll show you in this story. Gideon was the least in his tribe, and his tribe was the least in all of Israel. And he told God that. He said, man, don't you know who I am? I'm just a little wee guy. He said, you mighty man of valor. God chooses the least likely to do the most unlikely. So that makes us in perfect position, doesn't it? (laughs) I I was joking with somebody today. I said, I bet you couldn't find us on the GPS back here behind Starbucks, could you? That puts us in position. That's not a hindrance to God. And when you see the story of Gideon, So God chooses Gideon to be a judge to set Israel free. And he says, gather you an army or whatever. So Gideon calls people from all over Israel, and he gathers impressively 32,000 because Israel was a bunch of wimps back then and didn't have really an army. But 32,000 warriors showed up. And Gideon was like, well, I know the Midianites are over there and the Amalekites, and they're wanting to kill us. They have like 132,000 or something like that troops (laughs) But with 30,000, 32,000, maybe we could, you know, maybe God could help us. God said, no, Gideon, I'm not going to let you think that you, you're going to get the glory for this, that you could do it on your own strength. I tell you what, I want you to tell all the ones that are scared to go home. We're going to weed this down a little bit. I can imagine that conversation. Gideon, he's looking out over all these troops and they're trying to put on a brave face and they got their armor and their little knives or whatever they could pull out of their drawer at home, you know, ready to fight. (laughs) And they're trying to be all brave. And Gideon says, okay, God says all of you that are scared, just go on home. Now, I know I wouldn't have been the first one to leave. (laughs) Everybody's probably looking around, you know. But somebody just couldn't take it. He'd be the first one, you know. And once that happened, the dam broke. And then uh, just people started, I'm going to him. (laughs) It says that 22,000 of those 32,000 soldiers left because they were afraid. 
You know God can't use fearful Christians the way he wants to. And if you look at the church today, it's almost like God is saying, if, you, if you're scared, just go home. And so a lot of them have. Say, but anyway. God says, okay, you got 10,000 left, but that's still too many. And, and Gideon's like, come on. Are you kidding me? 10,000 against 135,000? Please, God. God said, I want you to take the men to the river and let them drink. And all of them who, who uh, just attack the water like dogs, you know, get down on their hands and, and feet and, and do all that, send them home. But the ones who, who scoop the water and kind of in a, you know, still on their feet, looking around, ready for action, and take, you know, they don't just indulge their flesh all the way. He said, those are the ones we'll keep. And that's what God's looking for these days. Those who are watching, those who are ready, and those who are not completely indulging their flesh. And those who are not scared. And it was down to 300 men. Just 300. Well, you know the story. They won the battle with 300 against all. That's 450 to 1. <laughs> that's how big our God is. He can give you victory over 450 strong warriors. Anyway, in the story, uh, before those other guys left, they said, let us have your torches and your ram's horns. And that's what God decided to use to win the victory. A bugle and a flashlight. <laughs> a bugle and a candle. And so... They, they put a, a clay pot over the torch, and they lit the torch, you know, and, and they went, and they, and eventually they broke, the, when Gideon said shout, they broke those clay pots, and they let their light shine. And that's like our, our bodies are that clay pot. Our flesh is that clay pot. And until we break this flesh off of us, we won't shine for God. But if we will let that light shine, and we will have the faith, to breathe into that bugle. You ever had bugle breath? <laughs> Some of you had uh, Dorito breath, I know. Some of you had, what's the little round things, onions? Funyuns. Some of y'all got Funyun breath. I'm just. <laughs> but if you got bugle breath, breath that by faith you will blow God's horn. And ready yourself for battle. I mean, can you imagine being 300 and they're surrounding a camp of multitudes? They said it was so many camels they couldn't count them all. This is a real army and you got 300 men with bugles and flashlights. And when Gideon shouted, there was a good chance that nobody was going to shout back. Because they were exposing themselves to this massive army, but they had faith. And that's what puts us in position. It don't matter how many we have here. You understand? It don't matter the, the technology that we possess. It doesn't matter do we have a softball league. It doesn't matter what we don't or do have. What matters is, is do we have faith to believe in God's power? Will we put on our spiritual goggles and begin to receive the vision that God has given for this church? We're going into all the world. 
just understand. And he can't do that with a bunch of fearful, flesh-driven people. But those who will pray, those who will believe and put down their spiritual goggles and receive the promise on this edge of the Red Sea, then there's nothing that God can't do for us. And there's nothing he can't do for you in your personal life. If you will do these things. So what are you facing in 2022? Just take a moment. I know it may be something that you, everything may be going good, but it's just as simple as a, a concern about the, the direction of our country. You know, that's weighing on everybody. There are weights. There are cares. And some of you have lost loved ones. Some of you are struggling financially. Some of you are unsecure about your finances and, and your health. All these things weighing on you. What, what are we facing as a church? Same things we've always faced. But Jesus is full of suddenlies. Jesus is full of suddenlies, and he's got overwhelming devil-whomping power that is available to those who will put those spiritual goggles on and bring his power out of this spiritual world into our natural world. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed day after day. You know, I got a bad habit. I'm going to be honest. The older I get, I start complaining about my knee and my, my back. And, and I start, you can ask my wife, I'm, I'm getting old. I'm getting ugly. You know, I don't even recognize this person I'm looking in the mirror anymore. Right? We start claiming our oldness. But what we ought to do, instead of doing all that, we ought to start getting excited about I'm getting stronger on the inside. Spiritually. My spirit is being renewed day by day. I'm wiser than I used to be, even though I ain't as good looking, you know. I am much wiser than I used to be. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Now, that's, that's when compared with eternity, right? They're not small to us, I understand. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them that will last forever. In other words, when you endure, when you have patience to overcome and, and, and bring God's will into your situation, you, some, some of you are over, overcoming just by being here today. Just by being here today is a victory in your life. And that is producing a glory for your eternity that will outweigh any heartache that you may have suffered here on this earth. One day all this will be gone and we'll be somewhere one billion years from now, you understand. And the faithfulness you showed in this 70, 80, 90 years that you may live here will vastly outweigh any heartache that you had to experience in your time on earth. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. You see, God's trying to give you a new perspective. He's saying, put your spiritual goggles on. Your helmet of salvation, let it down. Don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things which cannot be seen. Isn't that what we were talking about? I couldn't see a thing trying to weld. But if I would have stuck with it, 
If I would have lit that fire, whatever that thing is, that ark, then I would be, begin to see. I might still be seeing through a glass darkly, but it's enough to overcome. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Yes, your faith matters. It matters not just now, but for all of eternity. You know, I gave up too soon on the welding thing. I was fleshly. A lot of carnal Christians have never delved into their spiritual gifts that God has for them. In fact, our next step class today at 1.30, we're teaching on spiritual gifts. If you want to find out what's yours. They've never understood that they are spiritual beings, that they, they, their body, soul, and spirit. And that God's spirit is the overcoming force within them. And because they never delve into spiritual things, they never weld anything. There's never any fusion in their life. They're never able to fuse anybody's heart with the Lord. Or fuse anybody's heart with theirs. I'm talking about welding stuff. You know how you, you fuse things together. Our youth group used to be called the fusion youth group, wasn't it? Fusion, because... There needs to be a melding of hearts in the church. There needs a melding of our hearts with his, that we can become one. Jesus prayed that in John 17, that I may be one, that they may be one with you as I am with you, Father. A fusion going on. And we got to look into the spiritual realm. Don't give up. And I'm going to tell you, your suddenly is on the way. Because I'm believing for it. And we're two or three or, or where two, what's that scripture? If any two on earth will agree as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done of them by my Father which is in heaven. That means if you can just get some agreement with somebody. That's why you often see Christians say, Brother, will you pray in agreement with me about this? God's saying, let's fuse you together horizontally and let's fuse this promise into your life. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Some of you are tired. Some of you are weary. You've been doing, you've been waiting for the promise for years and years and years. But just keep being faithful. We're in position to receive and a suddenly will make up for all the time that you have waited. Brother Rick over there sent me that scripture yesterday trying to encourage me. You know, I was I, I let a little of my flesh into last week's sermon. I'm sorry about that. I kind of got a little frustrated about things. Now I think he noticed it and he sent that. Don't don't despair, brother. He sent me the scripture. You know, there's over 31,000 scriptures, verses in the Bible. And this man sends me the scripture that I'm going to use in my sermon today, and I'm only using like seven or eight. And you say spiritual things aren't real. That happens all the time. God will confirm that he is with you. Somebody, I can't see it. I can't feel God. You're not looking around. God is confirming himself to you every day, everywhere you look. If you feel like God isn't real, just go outside at night and look at the stars for a moment. Well, I wanted to gather together. We had a Zoom call 
last week with the other pastors of the Passion Churches in Alabama, two churches over there. And uh, during our prayer time, man, it, the Spirit of God was so strong that they began to prophesy. Brother Norris prophesied, and then Pastor Bruce followed it up with prophecy. And I wanted to get a copy of it and play it today. It was just beautiful things about what's about to happen in the Passion Church. And it just encouraged me, and I wanted to get it, but uh, I couldn't figure out how to get the, the thing in time. But if I do, I'll let you hear it. But I've often thought, well, why didn't I get to prophesy? <laughs> you know, those other pastors, they're spiritual. And, and I've often thought that. You know, I thought that I'm not as spiritual as some pastors. And some of you are probably nodding your head. And I know some of you like would like this church to be a lot more spiritual and do more things and, and let God have his way more. And I'm sorry about that. I'm doing the best I can. I'm growing. But I will tell you this. I don't have to be the one to prophesy. I tell you the strength that I do have, it may not be the, the most sensitive to the spiritual things, but when I hear something that I agree with, I snatch onto it like a bulldog and I do it. Seriously. Some of you may feel I, I'm a little spiritually dull. I'm not a sense. I don't know why I can't prophesy like so-and-so. I don't, I don't do all these things. I don't operate in all the gifts. But you can still know they're real, and you can still act on the gifts. And that's why the gifts, some people have the gifts more stronger than others. And that's why we need each other. You understand? Well, Brother Norris ended the call telling us about, you know, what he'd been preaching lately. He said, I've been preaching on, you know, the crossing of the Red Sea. And how it, it seemed like they were in an impossible position. And he said, you know what? They were between a rock and a hard place. All these Israelites had, had come out of slavery and now they were backed up against the Red Sea and then Pharaoh changed his mind and sent the army after him to destroy them. And there, there was no hope. There was nowhere to go. Nothing that they could do. And then in uh, Exodus 14, 13, it says, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. See, we just don't need to be afraid. We need to understand that our God leads us by a fire by day, by night and a cloud by day. God separated them from the Pharaoh's army with a whirlwind that stayed there all day while he was drying up the Red Sea. He said, don't be afraid, just stand still and watch. It ain't about what we can achieve. It's about what we can believe. The Bible says, be still and know that he is God. He is our high tower, our refuge. He goes before us in battle. He's our rear guard. He said, the Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. And the Lord himself will fight for you. You see, that's how it works. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. So I'm here today to tell you, get moving. We are in perfect position. We're between a rock and a hard place. There's no answer physically. There's nothing we can do. 
but stand still and believe. And that's enough. Say, get moving. Can I get the praise team to come up? I want to get on the play a song. Tell the praise team, get moving. <laughs> get moving. While they're coming up, I'm going to tell you one last story. Y'all got one last story in you? Y'all remember the prophet Elisha? He was the one that, that uh, got the double portion from Elijah, and he became the new prophet. And he had a servant named Gehazi. And Elisha and Gehazi had gone around doing what? Good. And what did they get for it? The king of Syria was mad. You know, the government's always mad when Christians go around doing good because they get the credit. They, they think they don't get the credit for it. <laughs> they can't control Christians, all this stuff. So, so he sends a whole army after these two men. You'd think maybe, you know, seven or eight guys with swords would have done the trick to two unarmed men. But he sends a whole army, and it surrounds the whole house where Elisha and Gehazi are sleeping. Now, Gehazi gets up early in the morning. He looks out the blinds. He's like, oh, let me go tell Elisha. Because they were surrounded by an entire army of Assyrians. And what gets me is he goes and tells Elisha, and, and it doesn't say this, but it just appears to me that Elisha's like, okay, all right. Elisha had walked with God for so long. And that's the way you get. The longer you walk with God, the more you've seen him done. And his faithfulness over and over and over. You just, you get where you ain't afraid no more. And Elisha said, he said, God, open his eyes and let him see. He said, show him that there's more on our side than there is on, on their side. In fact, his, his words in 2 Kings 6, 17 says, Then Elijah prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And I'm praying that's what's happening today. A bunch of young men and young women, no matter how old you are today, are growing up in the faith. And that God's opening your eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. The armies of the living God had surrounded the enemies who had surrounded them. So put on your spiritual goggles, church. It's worth looking into. It's worth strapping on that whole armor and believing that you're protected by the blood of Jesus and the covenant in which you stand. Keep praying earnestly because we're a praying church. And we believe in the power of praise. We believe in the power of prayer, and we believe that our God is a God of suddenly. So get your bugle breath out and blow your horn of victory by faith. Let come out of you, out of your mouth, and speak it into your reality. Faith speaks and break the clay pot of this old flesh. And let's let our light shine for Jesus going forward. 2022, let's get moving. The Lord has given us the victory while we sit around. Let's believe together. Let's put on the armor together and let's form an army that this world has no answer for. 
The devil will not defeat the church of the living God. And he will not defeat the sons and daughters of God. You're not going under. You're going over. And if you're surrounded, you're surrounded by horses and chariots of fire from the living army of heaven. I want you to stand to your feet. This is how I fight my Sing this song battles. With this is how we do it. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Come on. This is how I fight my battles. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.